Good morning and welcome to ASL's HR in 10 at 10. I'm Jason Perry and I'm Kimberly Bradshaw and it seems a very long time ago since we last did this Kimberly. It does, it feels like months with all <laughs> well, what's happening around us. I, I think we've had a three-week break because of Christmas, and uh, sadly, the virus didn't get the notes that said we were all having a three-week break. So, um, what we thought was a mild increase in December, um, perhaps got, I'm not sure exciting is the right word, but I'm going to stick with it for the moment, got a little bit more exciting over Christmas. So, um, I think the, the, the greeting became a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Tear. Um, but uh, lots has changed. Um, I think we ought to start by talking about the new strain of the virus. What do you think? Yeah, so it's frightening how fast it's it's moving. And my parents live in the Isle of Man, which I think they've got just eight cases and they're the yeah. first ones they've had in ages. But even they went into lockdown last night to try and avoid the spread because it seems to be so virulent. Just a week or so ago, if you look at the distribution, how it was across the south and the east, and now it's plummet, it's mm. you know soaring upwards in the north. Well, I was looking at the numbers. Obviously, you know we're here with our business uh, based on the south coast. Um, we were looking at the numbers specifically in and around Hastings yesterday, just to see what was changing. Obviously, I shared that with you yesterday on the uh, weekly COVID call. But the rate of increase has been staggering as we went up by 50 cases a month or 100 cases a month earlier in the year. The step change from November to December. In November, there were somewhere around 300 cases tested positive in the Hastings area. And in December, it was over 3,000. So 10 times the number in one month. So if anyone is in doubt of the rate of expansion of this, that number alone tells you. And we are now testing over 100 positive cases a day just mm. in Hastings. And I think from an employment point of view, we need to look at how COVID secure our, our workplaces, our offices, our factories are again. Yes. and. Whilst it can be a bit overwhelming to get everything in place, there are some really straightforward steps advised by the government. If you go onto gov.uk, they've got a really nice, straightforward six-step thing that everybody should do. Yes. So, you know, the cleaning, the social distancing, the PPE, that kind of thing. And then they've also broken it down by sector so that you can see if there's anything specific that you need to do for your sector. Um which, you know, having read through them all, I think they're not too onerous and should be fairly achievable yes. by everybody. I think one of the things I have particularly liked in a change of tone that's come from the government, and I think this came from JVT a few days before Christmas, was the comment of, you should think as if you've got the virus. It's not about how you protect our, um, yourself, it's how you protect others. And there are an awful lot of employers now where they have the guide, let's say, to wear a mask at work or, you know, in areas where they can't maintain social distancing, but they're not enforcing it. I've heard many anecdotal cases of that. And I think right now you've just got to go back and review, redouble your efforts and make sure everything you're doing is right. So a mask is 
more important than it ever has been. And it's in simple steps, isn't it? Yes, I've often wondered about that statement, though, because for those that are, you know, running around willy-nilly not caring about uh, other people and, and passing it, would they care if they have it? You know, if it, so my the way I look at it is assume everything is infectious. Yes, yes, no, absolutely. But as an employer, it's yeah. much more about stopping your people spreading it than yes. it is about stopping your people catching it. Because you have to enforce that people are complying by these rules. And, do you know, we've had many employers who've, let's say, taken temperatures on the doors, mm. but haven't checked the workplace as thoroughly as they could. So they've worked out how to stop the virus getting in. But what I'm saying is right now, while we have 10 times as many infections, you've got to look at how to stop spreading it. And mm. that might actually mean for some people, um, we've seen a few office-based employers who once again have closed their offices again totally now. Mm. There are, It's worth reviewing. Definitely, so. yes. Let's let's move on a little bit, because one of the other areas I think is interesting, and I know you and I had a chat about this, is those people who don't feel safe. What rights mm. do they have? And what as an employer can you do if somebody says, I don't want to come into work because I don't think it's safe? Yes, well, as you know, I've dealt with a case like that recently, and the individual basically self-furloughed um, himself. Uh, it's not quite grasped the, the law to... there, has he? No, exactly. Um, but, you know, he did it because he was concerned about passing, catching COVID and passing it on to uh, his extremely clinically vulnerable father. Oh. So, you know, you can understand why people are concerned. Mm. I think, though, you know, from an employment perspective, obviously the employer has the right to assuming everything's in place, to, to say, come on in. Yeah. But there are also steps that individuals can take to make themselves more there are, there safe are, I mean, and to prevent just, it spread. Yeah, let's just step back a minute and think about this. What are that employee's rights if he doesn't feel safe? What can he do? What should he do, Kimberly? Oh, well, certainly bring it up as uh, a potential issue to him, his employer, uh, which is what he didn't do. I think, um, you know, in a way, though, he doesn't really have any rights as no. to not turning in, not turning yes. up, because it's down to the employer to yes. choose. Yes, employer, and this is really important, isn't it? Every employer has an absolute duty, and they did before COVID. We have the Health and Safety at Work Act. We have so many elements of duty of care that an employer has to provide a safe space for people mm -hmm. to work where they are not at risk of injury or disease. Or, and, mm -hmm. and that hasn't changed. What mm -hmm. COVID has done is provided a focus to it. And every employer has a duty to look through the government guidelines and make sure they are safe, they are COVID compliant. Um, mm -hmm. And actually, any worker who thinks their employer isn't has the absolute right to whistleblow. Yes. But that's and about it. We did suggest that to the individual. But, you know, his fear went so deep that even though there's only four of them in three and a half thousand square metres and, you know, there's masks and gel and, and everything and instructions to wash their hands every hour and things like that, he still felt unsafe. Mm. Um but, you know, 
you you have to go go ahead with it, don't you? Yes. I but think... what the reason I brought that up though was I wondered, you know, is there a mental health aspect in there? And that's perhaps something we could look at another time. Do you know, I think there is, but I, I think the interesting thing there is for you or I, this is, um, dare I say, relatively easy because this is HR, this is what we do. For many employers who are relatively small and don't have that level of expertise in-house, it's how do you navigate this path? Now, you and I will use phrases like employee engagement. It's about winning hearts and minds. It's about talking to that individual and showing that you understand and that you care. And it's about showing that their opinions are valid and have been considered and reassuring them. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, as you say, they don't have, providing the employer has done those critical things, they don't have the right to say no. They have the right to resign, mm. but they don't have the right to say, no, I'm on furlough, I won't come in. Yes, and also it puts small business owners particularly under pressure because they don't, you know, they're not HR experts themselves. Mm. They don't know. And, you know, this case, the, the business owner was so concerned because the individual's quite litigious and, yes. you know, is always going to sit and advice and, and yeah. things like that. And he felt absolutely threatened. Yes. And out of his depth. Yeah, and it's about providing support and help and guidance. Kimberly, we had all sorts of useful things we could talk about today, and we've probably got through about half of them in our <laughs> 10 minutes. So, as Not ever... talkers, Jason. It, it's, we have so many interesting things to say. Um, HR in 10 has been in 10, so thank you for watching. If you find these useful, do hit the subscribe on our YouTube channel, and we should look forward to seeing you all again, same time next week. Definitely. Goodbye. Bye-bye.